Well, Army gave up his now. dreams because he's ugly. Let's move on to somebody else. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> like nobody wanted to deal with me. Um, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Army. Uh, you're very fast at running, and we'd love for you to be in this triathlon, but you're just too ugly. <laughs> My name's Monish, and I'm your main host. Welcome to Real Talk. Yo, what's up, guys? Uh, for this episode, we have two really good questions. Uh, number one is, why do we give up our childhood dreams? Uh, really depressing. I know it sounds really depressing. It's not. It's it's a it's a fun episode. Uh, number two is, why are childhood dreams important? When I was a kid, I, 11, 12, 13, around there, I gave up a huge childhood dream. And I traveled the world, Germany. Canada, yeah, even even Canada, uh, to pursue this dream, uh, and I gave it up. So uh, I'm joined with Army and Kevin. Uh, it's a good episode. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely tune in. It's awesome. Yeah. So so why so why why do we give up? Why'd you give up your dreams, Army? Why why are you a sad sack of shit? <laughs> why am I such a Well, Army gave up his now? dreams because he's ugly. Let's move on to somebody else. <laughs> so basically <laughs> like nobody wanted to deal with me. Um, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Army. Uh you're very fast at running and we'd love for you to be in this triathlon, but you're just too ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the Joker. They just can't stand the sight of me. <laughs> Um, okay. So anyway, that was a good impression. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, what was I gonna say? Right. So, like my my big, I had a few dreams when I was younger. Like probably my first one that I was like really into was actually joining the military. Like I've always thought that. Would Ooh, be, I'm with yeah. you on that one. Kevin's yeah, like, dad is really, a badass. Yeah. Yeah, military. I really wanted to be like a Navy SEAL. Like I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. I think that a lot of that is. Like, my dad and I knew a few Navy SEALs or UDT guys, which is, like, underwater demolition. They're, like, yeah. SEALs, but they're better training <clears throat> with explosives. And um, just the way my dad talked to those people and talked about them, like, he saw them as, like, the coolest people on Earth. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. And in a lot of ways, I think they kind of are. Like, when you really think about what they do and how little they make and the training they go through, it's just insane. So I wanted to do that for a long time. And then I got really into sports when I was about – I mean, I've always been into sports, but I got really serious about it when I was 12. And uh, then after that point, I wanted to do triathlon professionally. Um, and that like stayed my number one goal until I was about, I would say I started having misgivings when I was like 17. And then when I was 18, I decided I did not want to do it uh, as a career. Um, and there were a few things that went into that. Like one, I just learned more about the sport and like how you don't make any money unless you're the very top guys. And even then you still have to make other like, well, and cause you're out. ugly. So nobody would ever sponsor you. <laughs> and also yeah, exactly. Your, your, your parents, want... your parents beat the shit out of you. So the confidence team yeah, was like a trifecta place. of all those. It, it was, it was a yeah. triple threat of these. Yeah, causes. Exactly. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that like, honestly, there are a few things. Like, the just, other thing too is like as a professional, what, I just imagine like the listener, like like they don't they can't see your face, but they just imagine like a troll like talking about, <laughs> talking about. Oh. Some dude, like, well, my parents beat me and made it a lot worse too. Like <laughs> it was mostly directed in the face. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yeah, like honestly, like speaking of uh, physical deformity, like in any kind of athletic <laughs> okay. after like 35 at most, you're probably going to get worse. Like you're not going to get better there, there um, is a no matter what life. you do. And when you really think about it, yeah, like when you really think about it, how many other careers are you just going to get worse after a certain age? Like in most cases, you get better if you're a strippers. writer. If you're, stripper. Like <laughs> stripper. Uh, that's actually, yeah, yeah. Strippers. porn stars, strippers. Um, they, okay, that's a good point. But like but, most but his real point careers. Is, his, his point is that if you're a comedian, there's no, there's no age yeah. where you stop being funny. Look at George right. Carlin, man. He just got better and better. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Louis C.K., perfect example. He literally was not that. I mean, he was all right when he was younger, but he, was, he became phenomenal. Yeah, I agree. Um, Whereas for MMA fighters, like fuck, they got to get out. Yeah. So yeah, those were basically the main things that went into it. Like there were a bunch of other reasons. Like um, with triathlon, like I probably could have, like I had a few sponsorships and stuff, and I feel like I probably could have, like maybe been one of those people who's like barely making ends meet and doing well enough to like call themselves a professional. But I didn't want to live like that either. I feel like that would have just sucked. And you don't have a social life when you're training full time either. Was it super sad for you to come to the realization that you did not want athletics to be sort of a dream that you pursued professionally? Um, You were were, were sponsored. You were like you were like uh, for people who don't know, like Army was on the track to 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 making it a professional pursuit. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was kind of like I'd put so much effort into it, but honestly, the reason I stopped doing it is because it felt like almost something I had to do, like kind of an investment cost. Like you put so much into it, you don't want to give it up at that point rather than, you know, something I wanted to do for fun, which is what it started out as. Um, and I still run and swim and bike every now and then for fun, but I just didn't want to do that full time. So it wasn't really sad. It was more like, okay, it's time to try something else. Do you think that people in athletics should not take it up as a professional pursuit um i mean it depends like if you're you know somebody like michael jordan or lebron james like you absolutely <laughs> okay. should like it's look, a very man, like, it's a very obvious dude right, like, if, yeah, if, yeah, if, bro, if you're, if you're michael kid, jordan oh, or lebron I am, james i am lebron james I just <laughs> yeah like LeBron the thing is like james is listening to this body it's like oh all right thanks army i appreciate the advice <laughs> <laughs> no but the point is like there are definitely some people who especially if you're in a marketable sport like if you're in uh, f- like what is it like figure diving or like um, so, or like figure skating or uh, acrobatic diving or something or triathlon or s- a sport that like just doesn't make enough money to be worth it, right. uh, no, it doesn't make sense. Um, but if you are really good, like yeah, go for it. I think it also depends on your age. Like right. when you're 18, it doesn't really matter. You know, like if you stop doing it, it's not like your life is on the line. Mm-hmm. But if you're like 25, like I'm just gonna get into the NFL if I try hard enough. Right, right, like right. if you're not already there by that point, you're probably done. What people so. don't think, I, don't, I think, what people don't understand about professional sports is that, like in in the same way that a startup, different businesses have markets, right? Like uh, if you're going to be selling paper, that is a larger market than selling a very focused uh, software that's only relevant to business owners, right? Um, in the same way that the market size is bigger for people who sell paper. People who play basketball, there's a bigger market there because more people watch basketball than, say, figure skating, right? It provides so, a lot more value. Yeah, ex- exactly. <clears throat> but the point is, like, I don't, I wouldn't say, like, you should stop doing sports. It's more like, I think for most people, it's kind of silly to focus on that as a career. Um, it's not saying, like, nobody should do it, but 
Yeah. I think I think I think sports is incredibly instructive in your life. Like I was, I did so. When I was a kid, I did martial arts. I was in Taekwondo, Shotokan Karate. Uh, I was basically the karate kid, <laughs> essentially. Uh, and I went to... But Indian. Yeah, but brown. Brown as shit. And yeah. I, went to, I went to Germany, Canada. I went to around the world to compete in the World Games as part of Team USA. So it was as close. It was like, it was like the Olympics, but like if you're 13. Um, and I practiced for eight hours every day in the summertime. Literally just, I was, I had, I had a six pack guys. I had a fucking six pack. It happened. It was real. I saw it. I was shredded, ripped, uh, fucking stacked. Like it was the, one of the, like the best, <laughs> I was most stacked. I was stacked. I was yoked. I dude, it was one of the best, like most fit periods of my life. But the thing with that during that time, I remember I was, I mean, obviously I was obsessed. I was obsessed with it and it was the love of my life. Like, you know, when I was 13, I fucking didn't have a penis so like i didn't know girls i didn't like right, i yeah i didn't, didn't, I didn't yeah, grow yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no i understand it was just a blank space like literally just yeah, a yeah, white box down there um and i just i loved it and there was a point so it's funny so the reason you gave it up the reason you gave up your uh your sport was different from mine i gave up martial arts because I was so desperate to be cool in high school. And martial arts gets you zero girls. <laughs> okay. Like That's why you gave uh, up martial arts. No, that, that makes me sad. No, no, no. No, it, it is it's fucking sad and it's terrible and but it was gradual. It was not like one day like it was not like I was like on top of the world and then I left. It was more like I was super into it and then I got less into it. And I was just less into it. School's getting packing on, whatever. And then one day I was like, you know, I kind of want to focus on sports that are like cool. And uh, yeah, no, it, it was it was kind of heartbreaking actually to think about it because I, by the way, I was a brown belt, so I was a belt away from being a black belt. Yeah. When you were a kid, and you know, you were so in love with martial arts, did you envision that that was going to be something that you know that was going to be your future? Like that was your you were going to be a professional, I don't know what the fuck, a professional martial artist. <laughs> Did you think that's what you're going to be when you were Here, Here's the thing that no one tells you about when you're young. Everyone always says, and for good reason, but everyone always says, yo, uh, you know, keep hold on to the dreams when you were a kid, right? When you were a kid, you, when I was a kid, and I, I'm going to venture to guess, when other people were kids, there was like astronaut, firefighter, for me, tornado chaser, and then like movie stars. What? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah. like no, no little kid. Like if you went up to a kid and you're like, Hey, do you know what marketing is? Do you know what they would do? They would take their poop and, and put it in your face. They would say, go away, eat my poop. I'm going to go play. Like they, like they don't fucking <laughs> care. They don't get, they don't, they don't care about it. And the thing is the conventional wisdom, it, it's very, it's, it's good in the sense that it, it says tie back to the things that you remember as a kid, right? But also remember that when you were a kid, you had a very, 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 very limited scope of the world and how the world works. And you, don't, you didn't have a complex, rich model for viewing the world. And so the world just kind of seemed like, hey, there's five jobs and one of them seems fun and I want to do that job. And you go, you like, like, oh, I want to be an astronaut, right? And then you just fixate on that. For me, it was Tornado Chaser. And for my, when I was nine to 13, like you said, I wanted to be a, basically a professional martial artist. 
Um, okay. And the reason I thought it was a viable career strategy was because one of the guys that went to the uh, international competitions who was in Germany, I met him, was the Blue Power Ranger. I think his name was Mike something. Holy I forget. shit. He was, the, he was the Blue Power oh, Ranger. Fuck. And I was like, this. first of all, I loved Power Rangers when I was a kid. I was obsessed. Um, and also, I was like, this is someone who is taking the skills of, of, uh, of basically beating up the air. And, and applying it into the acting realm and kicking ass and taking names. So you wanted to be a Power Ranger? Basically, I wanted to be the Titanium uh, Power Ranger. The reason my parents bought the uh, Titanium uh, van is because I love the Titanium Ranger so much. And that is a true mm. story. Wow. I did not know this about you. Yeah, dude, I had no idea about all the uh, how into like Muay Thai and was it Muay Thai or... It was Taekwondo and Shotokan Karate. What about you, Kevin? Any dreams that you gave up and got got any dreams that were beaten out of you? When you were- <laughs> yeah, all of them, of course. <laughs> Every single one. Um, I'm. I don't know. It's a, it's I'm a, a robot subject. for my parents. Yeah, you know, my mom would just punch me in the face every single time I told her what I wanted to be. And, uh, now I don't want to be anything, so it's fine. Um, I don't know. It's a difficult subject. I really still don't. Uh, I don't really know what direction I'm going per se. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the, the only thing that's remained constant for me since I was a kid was that I've loved like make, making people laugh and entertaining people. Um, there was definitely a, there was definitely a period in my life for many years where I kind of lost touch with that. And, you know, because of a, a ton of different factors, a lot of it was like my dad, Everybody in my family has always thought that I was just going to end up being like a doctor, or like a CEO of a company or something. Because when I was a kid in like an elementary school, middle school, you know, I got super good grades. Um, I was much more quiet and reserved. So I, I really embodied that like, you know, that, I don't know, scholar type almost. And you, uh, you, yeah, you, I can see you as a kid being sort of like the good grades, the, uh, yeah, I'm, absolutely. I'm gonna blow, I'm gonna blow you again, but good looks and just like the the, the full package, <laughs> the full package. What can I say? <laughs> I'm um, fucking but yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, so so there was definitely a period in my life when you know after my family w- were just constantly telling me that you know how intelligent I was and how I was gonna grow up and be su- so successful. I kind of thought. You know, you know, when I think of success, I think of like a businessman who owns a company and has employees and uh, documents and taxes and no, no, no. So then that's why I ended up applying to a business school, um, which I ended up transferring out of because I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. But since I was a kid, I've, I've always looked up to like actors and comedians and stuff. And I've always in the back of my head thought, man, that would be so cool if I could, if I could be one of those people. But I never really thought it was possible, especially as as that that driving force from my family to become successful, whatever that means. And to them and and a lot and to myself, it kind of meant like going into business or being a doctor or that type of thing. Um, So I kind of lost touch with that that desire to entertain people and to, I don't know, be whatever, whatever it may be, an actor, comedian. But I've kind of found that again in the past several years and that's definitely the direction I want to go. I still just don't know. So I guess that was in, in a way a dream that I kind of gave up. I, I, I just thought it was not possible. I thought that I had to just follow, you know, my good grades and uh, go to a nice college of business and graduate, 
with a degree in whatever business administration or accounting or and then go work for a company and ultimately end up being miserable but making a lot of money and 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 th- and having my family think that I've achieved success but uh yeah recently I've I've kind of abandoned that and uh have gone back to trying to follow my dreams so to speak I guess when when I was a kid I I was in like a play. I entertain people. I love I love making kids laugh. Like I was, I mean, we we've talked about this at length, but like I was sort of the the kid yeah. that yeah. And part I mean, part of me like when I was watching all these stand up comedians growing up, I wanted to be the guy on stage who made people laugh. Like I really yeah, I, I really love that idea of the person on stage. Mm-hmm. Really uh, is attractive to me in, in, in a really w- real visceral way, and, and I hope you you kind of realize this. But um, that need to sort of entertain people, talk to people, make them happy with sort of spoken word. Uh, this podcast is a way of doing that. Like li- literally, yeah, that, right. is, that that is me venturing back in something that I was good at doing and something that I like doing, and taking that strength and then putting it sort of in a different context, right? Right. Um, and putting, and, and I, dude, I hope for you, man, like I, I kind of want this to be a platform for you to just like, Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's, ch- one, channel of the, that back, that's one of the know? reasons why I was excited to do this. So that's, that's what I mean as uh, you know, if I, if I would have kept the, the route of getting a degree in accounting or whatever the fuck I would have ended <laughs> up doing, which can you even, can yeah. you even think of how miserable I would have been Monish? I would have been so miserable. Yeah. Yeah. Here's, here's what I'll, I say. All these, it's funny that you bring it up. You're like, dude, I saw these jobs. I wanted them. I wanted to be like basically the actor, the rock star, the, you know, you know, fill in the blank, right? I think a good question to ask yourself is what are you willing to suffer for, right? So the thing is everyone, Army, if I could give you the life of like, hey, you're a rock star admired by millions and you become amazing, I, I would give you the gift of talent you would probably take it because being a rock star is fucking awesome. Like who, I mean, who does not want to be Justin Timberlake or who does not want to be like fucking Denzel Washington, uh, shooting gangsters and gangster move. Of course, dude. Like, I, but the thing is, is that you have to think you have to sort of reverse engineer that question and be like, what, what are you willing to suffer for? Right. And the thing is, the path to being an actor, the path to being a stand-up comedian, it's not just the result of being the comedian, correct? It's not, when we, when we think of these jobs, we think of the end game. We think of the vision, the vision in our head is just the result. We see the comedian on stage making everybody laugh. We see the guy in the movie starring in the big picture film, right? We see the director making the big picture film. What we don't see is the days and days and days of frustrated turmoil in their room. We don't see the constant auditions that are get, they get rejected. We don't see the years that go by where no one gives a shit about your music. Right? Mm-hmm. And I think if, if you're choosing sort of things to do, you got to think, yo, what, what am I willing to suffer for? What am I willing not willing to get, willing to want, because I can, I, can, I can like the idea of being a novelist, I can like the idea of being an artist, I can like the idea of being anything. It's what am I willing to actually do in the process? Everyone wants to be a novelist, no one wants to write, kind of thing. 
I'm willing to not have Wi-Fi for, I don't know, a maximum of <laughs> yeah. seven to eight days. And that's my suffering. Right. And after right, that, right, right. fuck that. Right. <laughs> so and that leads to like great things, not having Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. 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 Re- real quick. So why do you guys think that childhood dreams are important? What, what's the utility in, in childhood dreams at all? I think the big one, at least for me, is when you're a kid, you don't have to worry about most of the other stuff you have to when you're older. Like you don't have to worry about rent. You don't have to worry about your yeah. job. You don't have to worry about being late. You don't really have to worry about like personal or romantic relationships that much. Um, like especially not romantic ones when you're like below the age of 10. Uh, and that just takes up a lot of time when you're older. Um, and you're also, because you haven't really done anything yet, you don't understand the amount of work and that kind of thing that goes into these different ideas. So it's really easy to think of, just focus on the stuff that makes you happy. And I think that's the bottom line is like when you're younger, you just do the stuff you want to do because you have the freedom to do it and it makes you happy. Uh, and it doesn't have to really, obviously the way you pursue that will change when you get older, but like it's really easy to get pulled away from that by other stuff when you get older. Uh, and so it's a good, it's a good way to come back to it. Yeah. So, I mean, bottom line, it makes you feel good. Like it absolutely just, just in the, in, in the same way. Yeah. It, I think it's it, Charlie. I've worked with sort of Charlie Hone, Robert Green. Uh, these are authors, but they, they talk about sort of childhood inclinations. Right. And in Charlie's book, play it away. He talks about going back to the things you used to do as a kid that you loved your play history is what he calls it. Um, and start putting that back into your life. So your childhood is a great lens to see, hey, this is what I was obsessed with, right? These are the these were these were the inclinations of my earliest years. These were the things that gave me an unusual degree of just curiosity, of play, of pornography. happiness. Just, just intense pornography. Just everyone just start jacking off right now. No. Exactly. Basically, I mean these these were the sparks, right? Go back, go back to your childhood. See, like all you did when you were a kid was you just played. You, you didn't, you didn't care about a job. You just, you just did things because they, you liked doing. It. I drew a lot. I love art. I love drawing, and I gave that up because it was not cool. Again, for like, right? Uh, it, it, those are the main reasons I gave up a lot of things, right? So, and now I'm trying to. I mean, I do some graphic design. I, that's sort of how I put it back into my life is to try to take the things that you liked doing as a kid take the things you played, you loved, and try to map it out into your now, I guess, like if you're 20 or 25, whatever your adult context, right? Like if you loved, if you love like making people laugh, join an improv troupe. Like why the fuck not? Like it, it, it's, it's going to be so fucking fun, right? Yeah. I think, well, first of all, first of all, quick comment I would have joined an improv troupe already if they weren't. <laughs> yeah, God, fuck off. Okay. For the listeners. Oh, they're so shitty. Oh, dude, for the listeners. Okay. I feel, oh, God, this is terrible because. So basically, the University of Illinois just has such a shitty improv. Like, I don't. From what I've seen, maybe there might be an improv troupe I missed that was like amazing and we just did not get the. Uh, get I don't the, think there is. It's pretty rough. Dude, dude, it's it's brutal, man. It's like it's like watching. It's you know what it's like. It's like you know what modern military warfare is like, and then watching the Revolutionary War. Like, oh god, they're <laughs> fucking killing each other with muskets. Like fucking, it's yeah, just, it's it's unreal. Shoot each other with muskets on stage. Just <laughs> yeah, that's how bad the improv is. They kill I would each go other. To that show. <laughs> But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, well, I, I agree with the author. What's his name? Charlie and Charlie and whatever. 
Charlie. Charlie. Um, I think integrating those aspects of your childhood back into your life when you're an adult is is super stress relieving. Uh, Monish, we've talked about this, you know, that that play element of of doing these do just, you know, engaging in activities that when you were a kid were just things you could do because they were fun and because you you could do them. Um, and I think we definitely lose that as we get older. So it's it's definitely something that I really like to see when people reintegrate these childhood dreams, so to speak, back into their lives. Like you said, with uh, with Muay Thai or with myself, you know, even even comedy, doing things that uh, put me out there on a comedic platform and allow me to entertain people is, is very stress relieving, uh, brings me a lot of happiness and it distracts me from, you know, shitty school and other things <laughs> right. are not a good time. When you when you play, when you do things that ignite you, like just kind of light you up in just the coolest way, it makes the rest of your life work, right? Yeah. In a weird way. Like when after after um after Muay Thai yesterday, I just felt great. I was I was dog shit tired. But <laughs> it, it makes just the rest of the week feel good. Like when you hang out with friends and you ha- you're laughing and you're having fun and you're doing things that were that you used to do when you were a kid. Uh, and you bring them back into your life, the rest of your life runs so much smoother. Also, if you take elements that you were great at and you use your strengths and you place them in your career, you're going to be fucking awesome at your career, like no doubt, right? Uh, Army, dude, I'm pretty sure I've I've seen your website, but um, you talk about how you've taken the elements from your own childhood that you're good at and you created them into sort of a really fulfilling career for yourself. Yeah, in some ways, man. Um, and I think that's the thing. Like when I was younger, uh, I remember my dad, my dad's like super into like discounts and deals. And he got these little butterfly journals from like the school book fair for like <laughs> 50 cents a piece. They're like these little like notebooks. They have like little butterflies and stuff on the outside. He's like, hey, look what I got, guys. He's like two sons. And um, then I started writing little short stories in those when I was like, God four or five or something. I remember um, I found one or two of them when I went visited home last time. And uh, I didn't really pursue that. It was just something I did for fun. Um, but yeah, like basically writing has been the foundation of every other business venture I've done uh, and job. So yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you think? Um, what do you think the research has about sort of incorporating play back into your life and incorporating sort of the things you did as a child? Um, I, from what I understand from the research, just, Doing things that feel good. This is so obvious. Doing things that feels good. That's good for your well being, right? Which is sort of the the science. That's why I do I do cocaine every single day, especially before our podcast. (laughs) Right. Speaking of things that make us happy as a child, cocaine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. I was coked out of my mind. We can enjoy a a line or two before you know fourth period or something. Before nap time. (laughs) Yeah, before nap time, even some cocaine Um, in a juice box. That was what my mom used to set up for me. (laughs) um yeah like uh there's actually a really good book i think it's by steve uh stewart brown called play um yeah which is what uh charlie based a lot of his book on uh and it really just goes through all the all the research about why play is awesome um and improves social relationships lowers anxiety uh lowers your risk for a few different diseases like basically it's like kind of like exercise where you look at it and there's just like so much research and support of it for so many different things um, you can't really ignore it. 
the, my favorite line from that book, it's a deep sort of explanation on how play sort of is a, it kind of attacks your life in the best way possible from like a multifaceted, like it helps improve relationships, how you view the world, how you feel about yourself, interpersonal relationships, well-being, your career. It just it helps with everything, right? Uh, my favorite line is that a lack of play should be treated like a lack, like a uh, being malnourished, right? Uh, you, you need if you if you feel stressed, if you're like always on the computer doing your work, going to sleep, drinking and boozing on the weekends, and doing work all day. Uh, I would definitely consider bringing back things that sort of just you did not for any real utility, but just because it felt fun. Like, not every fucking thing that you have to do has to be, oh, because, you know, it's going to, you know, if I do this, it's going to make me have X users for my new startup and it's going to growth hack, like, uh, chill out, uh, smoke a toke, and uh, just, you know, just do things because... Anybody that smokes weed just left. Just (laughs) smoke a toke. All right, this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. I'm going to get the fuck out of here. I, I, dude, I was offered drugs when I was a kid. For sure. And it was like, it was, the thing was, I was like when I was 11 and it was semi, it was, it was semi, it was semi traumatizing because it was the first time it happened. And I didn't, I just, when you're a kid, you think drugs are like some things that will, like something that will kill you basically. It's like, hey, do you want to drink some poison? Like, oh yeah, no, no thanks. I'll see you later. Like, (laughs) yeah. Any last thoughts? Don't follow your dreams. If you're listening, thank you so much. Again, if you like this podcast, definitely review the podcast on iTunes. It will help us get on the charts and it will mean the world to me. Special thanks goes to Army Leg for helping out with the research, Kevin for helping out with editing, Vishali, my amazing sister, for helping out with content, and CJ Beats for the music. This is Real Talk, signing off. <laughs>